get your listeners pumped up with this song. Hope you guys sing along. Little ACDC for you. The gloves are coming off. It. We the Rhode are, Island Reds are coming at you. We are calling everybody out. That's it. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. And thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Rhode Island Red Podcast. I'm Matt Tremblay. And I'm here with my good buddy and co-host, Colin Cronin. Hey, now. And we're going to continue to kind of peel back the layers of the onion here uh, politically, right? Um, we had a great first episode yesterday. Um, you know, overwhelming response been outstanding, right? Um, you know, yesterday's episode we talked about the the Bob Lansing and Jim Langevin debate, right, for the congressional seat in Rhode Island second district. And um yeah, I mean nobody knew that this happened. It happened Friday morning, um, and, and nobody heard anything about it. And yep. including me. We brought and it I, to you. Brought it to the people. That's it. And we dissected it and and you know, we released the episode last night and you know, the response has been great and, and we're really, really excited. You know, we, we started this whole thing. Colin and I started talking about this a number of months ago, um, you know, because quite honestly... Actually, we, mostly you, Matt. Yeah, I, I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, It was forced upon me. Yeah, I kind of pushed him into it. Uh, but, <laughs> but hey, we're doing it, right? Um, you know, in our friend group, you know, we're roasted a lot, right? I mean... Friends, family. Yeah. Thanksgiving's I mean, not looking bright for us this year. People think it's easy to be on this side, right? No. It ain't easy, you know? No. The first thing people say is, oh, you're a racist. Oh, oh really? Is that how you really feel, right? Um, it's pretty insane. But anyway, we're not going to go down that road. Um, long and not short yet. is the last, the last 48 hours have been absolutely insane. Um, Colin and I sat down Saturday morning. We're like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, and we started browsing topics. We landed on the Lancia and, uh, and Langevin debate there. Um, and then yesterday we put out our first episode. Um, yeah, we got a lot of good feedback. I mean, Matt somehow convinced uh, Bob Lancia to post our <laughs> podcast to his supporters. So really, really appreciate that, Bob, if you're listening. He's actually throwing it out there to people, and that's going to reach an audience. We're going to get this thing out to an audience. You know, maybe not a... Not thousands of people just yet, but we'll get there eventually. We yeah, promise. but please, please, please. You know, if if what we're saying resonates within you, if you're buying what we're selling, then please share, share, share. Help us spread the word about what we're doing here. Um, and and you know, I know yesterday's episode we we really took shots at kind of Langevin in the media. You know, we're gonna call out everybody. There, there's no, there, there, nobody's yeah, off limits you out. here. We're calling you out. So, anyway, uh, episode two. What are we doing today? Um, Colin, you want to give him a synopsis? Yeah. So today we're gonna look at the Trump and Biden 60 Minutes interviews. They were two different interviews. I just learned that this actually happened yesterday. Yeah, or happened, maybe either. last night. Well, it happened about a week ago, but they they aired last night. The 60 okay, minutes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's true. So Trump was saying he was going to release it earlier than sixty minutes, which he did. So you've probably seen the Trump one out there if you watch, if you follow Trump social media. Um, I know I did, and I didn't even know that Biden was interviewed. But so anyway, it was Biden and Trump both interviewed on sixty minutes. Uh, Nora O'Donnell was interviewing Biden. Leslie Stahl interviewed Trump. Um, yeah, we all saw that one, I think. Uh, <laughs> right, that's the one. Yep, that's the one. So Biden was interviewed last. I think they interviewed him after Trump. We're actually going to go the reverse direction. We're going to put Biden first. Um, and yeah, we just want to kind of point out all the differences, how the media will just throw, just like Trump says, the softballs at that's Biden. It. And, that's uh, it. And, and with full disclosure, right, I have only watched 
the interview of Trump that Trump put out, I have not seen any of the editing from 60 Minutes. I have not seen Joe Biden's interview whatsoever. Um, so a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is totally ad lib. I haven't seen this yet. Um, so, you know, the reactions will be genuine. Um, Colin did a little bit of homework leading up to this episode. Yeah, I, I, we I, obviously had, we do, we always do homework. Right? I did that's, watch, that's I did watch the Biden. I did watch the Biden one. Um, I watched it quick. I ran through it. Um, you can see 60 Minutes. They CBS, they pressed Biden a little bit. But to tell you the truth, they kind of had to press him. Trump's been calling out the media for a long time, not giving, you know, Joe the the, the hard questions. And we saw that with that one instance um, where Biden was asked what flavor ice cream he got and nothing else. And Trump called Leslie Stahl right now. Did that make the cut for the... Well, I guess we'll oh, find oh. out. We'll find out. I want to know if it made the cut. It actually does. Yeah. I mean, we How do they not? Play, right? it, How do they... If, it, yeah. if he never released it, that yeah. would have never been on exactly. here. Let's talk about that If he didn't second, release right? that earlier and release that full interview uncut, uh, they there's no way that that no. would have made it to 60 Minutes. Absolutely Honestly, not. just so strategic, smart by Trump, as always, playing people like a fiddle. It's but it. I think we're going to dive right in in a minute here. Yeah, so. let's show them. Let's stop talking about the bias. Let's show them what it's all about. Yeah, so we're, we're going to start out here. This is this is Nora O'Donnell interviewing Joe Biden. Um, we're going to run through the whole thing. It's about 20 minutes, not that long. You know, this same episode might run an hour and a half, though, just, uh, just yeah. so we're all on the same page. I expect an hour and a half out of this. Yeah, so. maybe. So same as yesterday, we're going to run through it. He's going to press play we're gonna pause a couple times have some commentary and then there you go cool here we go when we spoke with joe biden this past week in wilmington delaware the former vice president was ahead in the polls but confronting a withering final assault from president trump as the presidential campaign enters its final full week we also had questions for his running mate california senator kamala harris in our conversation, Joe Biden discussed how much he'd be influenced by progressives within his own party, whether his proposed tax increases would hurt the economy, and how he views the current state of the race. With less than two weeks to go before Election Day, you have held a steady lead in the national and state polls. But so did Hillary. Biden's shaking his head right now. He's like shaking his head no when she says that. <laughs> I love how she leads with that too. Like you're leading the polls. Like watch how they lead off with Trump. Like watch the two differences. Well, we she saw how they led off. off saying you're leading in the polls. And we all know how these polls are ran, how these polls are like, just like the Hillary Clinton polls Insane. in 2016. Insane. They're wrong. Everyone knows it. Um, but it's just funny how they lead off with like almost like a plug for Joe Biden. But here we go. Hillary Clinton four years ago. Could Donald Trump still win this? Sure. I'm one of those folks or competitors. It's not over till the bell rings. And uh, I feel superstitious when I predict anything other than it's going to be a hard fight. We feel good about where we are, but, you know, I, I don't underestimate um, how he plays. What do you mean you don't underestimate how he plays? Well, you know, there's an awful lot of talk out there about that uh, trying to sort of delegitimize the election. All, I think, designed to make people wonder whether or not they should, whether it's worth going to vote, just the intimidation factor. But what really has pleased me is the overwhelming turnout in the states that have early voted. Do you think there are... Talk about intimidation factor. I would say, if anything, Democrats are trying to intimidate the public because they're talking about this coronavirus like it's unsafe to go vote. You can't go vote. Can't go to church. Yeah, what he's talking about is Trump is legitimately worried about mail-in ballots. Like, 
and it's a legitimate concern. Oh, 100% Look into a legitimate it. concern. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of articles out there. We won't get into it. But you know what? At my point here, though, Nora O'Donnell, look, she's feeding right now. What do you mean? What do you mean the way he plays? Tell me more, Joe. Wait until you see. I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the cut version. But the way that Trump was cheated, my God. All right, <laughs> let's more, just keep Joe. going. Let's Tell keep going. Tell me more. A lot of people who are going to vote for you simply because you're not Donald Trump? Well, I hope there's going to be a lot of people vote for him because of who I am. But I think the contrast between Donald Trump and me is about as stark as it can get in terms of our value set and uh, how we view the world. I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said we need some revolutionary institutional changes. Like what? Well, for example, I think we have to fundamentally change the way in which we deal with um, uh, institutional racism. For example, uh, one of the hardest things is beyond police issues. There's the issue of accumulation of wealth. There's an awful lot of black Americans who are equally as, they're as qualified as white Americans based on... Can I just say that Joe Biden almost stumbled there and almost said the line that poor kids are just as smart as white kids. That's Remember pretty, when he said that? A hundred percent. He almost stumbled there. He didn't even like, he almost said something racist there. It was kind of funny. I mean, I, let's keep listening. It sounds racist. They're in terms of their economic opportunity, but they don't get a chance. So for example, if we just made every corporation pay a minimum 15% tax, you got 91 pay no tax. That raises over $400 billion. I can send every single qualified person to a four-year college now, they actually call him out on this because they have to. Again, 60 Minutes has to call him out on this because the numbers are actually wrong. They follow up and they realize that those numbers are so wrong. Like He's literally <laughs> saying, I can pay for everyone to go to college. That's insane. Those are astronomical numbers. It can't be done. And they're, they're going to call him out on it in a minute. Watch. But it's just funny how they'll bring up these talking points. And it's, it's just more proof that they're lying to people's faces. And they just are hoping that no one checks up on it. That's it. That's it in their state for $150 billion. I can make sure every single person qualifies community college can go, and we still have a lot of money left over. That's what I mean by significant institutional changes. The Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center and others have questioned whether Joe Biden's corporate minimum tax plan would raise as much money as he estimates. After our interview, Mr. Biden's staff told us he misspoke and that the cost of free public college could be twice as much as he said. Could be twice as much, but when you run into these things, man, it's usually way more than twice as much. 100%. Yeah, they're, they're taking that on in-state tuition from, like, you know, the cheapest university yeah. they can find. They're like, all right, six grand a year much, times 100 million people. Yeah, okay, I can see we're getting a six, you know, 60 billion, 70 billion, right? Their plans are pipe dreams. They're not affordable. And if they are affordable, they're going to be on your shoulders, the middle class, where all of the tax money comes from. It doesn't come from the top, you know, 1%, as, as they always say. That's a myth. That is not where all the money comes from. The president made the case at the Republican convention that your administration would be a Trojan horse for liberals, that AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren would actually be controlling policy, that this would become the most liberal administration in U.S. history. He'd love to run against them, wouldn't he? Mr. President, you're running against Joe Biden. He's staring Joe Biden right has in the deep, camera. Steep and successful it's record hilarious. over a long, long time. But Joe Biden's running mate's record is less widely known. Kamala Harris has represented California in the U.S. Senate for almost four years. You're very different in the policies that you've supported in the past. You're considered the most liberal United States senator. 
I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But yeah. Well, actually, the nonpartisan has rated oh you God. as the most liberal senator. You should see her. She's crazy. You supported the Green New Deal. You supported Medicare for All. You've supported legalizing marijuana. Joe Biden doesn't support those things. So are you going to bring the policies, those progressive policies that you supported as senator, into a Biden administration. Now, mind you, let's make a quick point. Kamala Harris, her stance right now, like they just pointed out, is for the legalization of marijuana, you know, California senator, blah, blah, blah. But if you look back at her record as a prosecutor, she put people in jail for marijuana. Lots and lots of people. For possession only, too. We're not talking about giant yeah. drug cartels running up and down California growing in national forests, right? We're talking, like, literal possession charges that people are going to jail for. And she did this for years and years and years and years. And then she, we've all seen the interview where she's talking about her own marijuana use and laughing, laughing about it. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, so she flops like a fish on subjects. <laughs> I mean, it's it's known widely that she is just whatever the people need to hear for me to have power, I will say. And it's, it's just quite disgusting, to be honest. What I will do, and I promise you this, and this is what Joe wants me to do, this was part of our deal. I will always share with him my lived experience as it relates to any issue that we confront. And I promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> Nervous laugh. No, it is the perspective of, of a woman who grew up a, a, a black child in America who was also a prosecutor who also has a mother who arrived here at the age of 19 from India who also you know likes hip-hop <laughs> like, so this reaction actually made headlines this exact reaction right here like the past like four seconds it's just too much because she is like so nervous and she you can tell if you're looking at her I mean you can hear it in her voice but also she's being called out she can't believe by her own media the people that usually protect her she's kind of being called out on the socialist she thing she can't wrap her head around because it, right? they kind of have to again 60 minutes has to push they cannot go soft because they're going to go so hard on Trump you'll see in this other 60 minutes I, I'm interview. surprised I'm on you know we're only you know five minutes into this but yeah I'm actually kind of surprised and I'm impressed you and know like I, I said, I but they, they knew people were going to compare and contrast these interviews they're right behind yeah, each other. Yeah. so they, they like I said seeing it uh, not seeing it 60 minutes was forced to go this route a little bit 100%. they're still not and you'll see they do not go as hard not even close what do you want to know? <laughs> well, I want to give you I want to give you the opportunity to address this. We want to know if we're going to be in a socialist country, Kamala. At the Republican National Convention, yeah. President Trump made the case that Joe Biden is going to be nothing more than a Trojan horse for socialist policies for the left wing of the Democratic Party. Are you going to push those policies when you're vice president of the United States? I am States? not going to be confined to Donald Trump's definition of who I or anybody else is. Um, and I think America has learned that that would be a mistake. Maybe so she'll just, be even more extreme that up, then. Because you have fought for Medicare for all. That's not something that Joe Biden supports. If you become vice president, would you say to a President Biden, you know what, Let's. we should really be pushing for Medicare for all, not a public option. That's just not going to do it. That's not my value. I would not have joined the ticket if I didn't support what Joe was proposing. You Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's Let's pause that. She has not answered one question. She would have joined that ticket no matter what. Someone asked you to be VP, and you, what do you say, no? Yeah, no. 
Sorry. Uh, I'm good, Joe. You're just no, not you're she, not for Medicare for all. She's literally being asked, "Are you going to bring your policies to Joe Biden?" She's like, "I'm not going to be confined to what Donald Trump defines me as." I mean, people that That's don't, not the question. People that don't know, Medicare for all means everyone out there that has a private insurer through their employer, you lose that and you go to complete government controlled medicine. Just like that thing with Obama, you know, you can keep your doctor but no one ever did. Nope. Nope. So you're you're really you're losing a great health plan. You're going to the ones that aren't so great. Some people have to deal with them. I mean, it's things are unfortunate, but it's just not the way to go. Includes expanding on everything that Joe, together with President Obama, created with the Affordable Care Act. By contrast, you have Donald Trump, who's in court right now, trying to get rid of a policy that brought health care to over 20 million people, including protecting people with pre-existing conditions, and he's doing it in the middle of a pandemic that has killed over 215,000 Americans. Of course they're going to bring up that point. They love that 215,000 number. He did it um, himself. I of keep course, saying it. Personally, he went to their homes and he pulled oh yeah, the we, already, we said that last night. Murdered every one of them. One, knocked on their door. Knife to the throat. Done. But... What she's saying is, yeah, of course, Obamacare did do that. They protected people with pre-existing conditions. But what she's leaving out is Trump has been explicit in saying that they will be protected under his new plan. I have, I cannot find one clip of him saying anywhere he that knows, he is not protecting even if he knows pre-existing conditions. Even if he knows it's too damaging to his campaign to say that. He's the type of person that he, we know this, he doesn't say things and not do them. It is a promises made, promises kept president. So he's going to do that. Even if he's, his hand is forced to do it, maybe if, even if he didn't want to do it, he's going to pr- protect pre-existing conditions. And honestly, I think he does want to do that. What do you think is the biggest domestic issue America faces? Right now, the biggest domestic issue is our health. Right now, COVID. COVID, the way he's handling COVID is just absolutely, totally irresponsible. He's telling people that we've turned the bend at one of his recent rallies. Well, he's gone, as my grandpa would say, he's gone round the bend. I mean, we are in real trouble. Mr. Biden says he would spend up to $200 billion to make sure schools have the equipment and staff they need to reopen safely. He also says he'd make greater use of the Defense Production Act to manufacture and distribute millions of testing kits for COVID-19. That actually already happened. Trump administration, <laughs> Pence, they've all, they've all already said they're going to be doing that. And that's already happened. They've already, I think Pence put it best when he was like, it sounds a little bit like plagiarism, doesn't it? Yeah, no, they've already enacted that. Um, that's it. Their plan is exactly a copy of what the federal happened. government's already doing. Yeah, so... Pay attention. I mean, if, if to people that aren't paying attention, sounds great, but... If you in in the people that are paying attention to Biden are not paying any attention to Trump, so they buy that lockstep. <laughs> we should be investing a great deal more money in testing and tracing. A woman can go in and to a drugstore and buy a pregnancy test and find out at home whether or not she's pregnant. We should be doing the same kind of investment to see whether we can have testing kits for people to know it's not enough. If they think that Trump did not explore that option to get quick testing kits like that. He's literally saying, if we can test for pregnancy, we should be able to just pop a strip in and do I have COVID, yes They've or no? They've been talking about it. They're working on a rapid testing kit that takes 15 minutes, but yeah, they- these things take time. And and think about all the false positives, right? They've rushed these things to market. We talk about all these cases. We know for a fact that at one point, we we're looking at 17 to 25% false positives. 
Yeah, you hear stories about people that got a letter in the mail and said they had COVID. They never even got tested. I mean, just stop. Like, they're doing the best they can. We don't have great... Even that Abbott test, this company Abbott that came out with the quick test, it was, like, going to be the new big thing. Like, it had issues. These quick testers, that it's just not... The, it's it, If that was the case, I mean, we'd be doing that for everything, for every disease. You just can't do it. It's not that simple. This isn't like you're not testing your pool water here, you know? <laughs> to know in seven days or five days or three days whether or not you have COVID. But Congress did approve that money for the NIH. No, that's my point, but it's not there. Yes, it is, Joe. But they haven't done it. just said they did it. Yes, they they did. They haven't done it. Joe likes to do this thing where he just says the opposite, like they haven't done it, they haven't done it. Like he just said, no, Joe, they have. And you can't just say they haven't and just expect people to believe it. Well, no, the, he does, and the, the the fact of the matter is that the media doesn't challenge him on it. Right, most times no they don't challenge challenging him. on that. She said it quick, and then she didn't push the issue. A good journalist would have pushed that issue and said, "Well, come on, Joe, give a little bit of credit here, because that money has gone out, and it's getting to work. It's out there working." That's it. About a national lockdown, and worried about jobs. The president's advisor now is Dr. Scott Atlas. He is advocating young people go about their business and older people sequester. Nobody thinks he makes any sense. Nobody. No serious doc around the world. But how do you not lock down the economy? You don't have to lock down the economy. It depends on the community. It depends on where it's real in real trouble. And you have to do things that make sense, that make it easier for people to avoid being exposed. Then why aren't Democratic governors doing that now in states? Like, why no, aren't they, they just? Are. No, but why aren't they going by? Yeah, why aren't <laughs> they going by like just the little locations that are breaking out? Why are they locking down full states? Why are they doing this and that? They're not doing that. They're not gonna do that. And the science shows that it is age related. It's really not location. You, you, if it was location related, like when we shut down, you know, travel to China, all that stuff, it it wouldn't have spread. But somehow it still spread, right? It's not location related. This is a virus, people. It, it spreads from person to person. It doesn't pick city to city. Yeah, no, it doesn't <laughs> pick location. It doesn't say, oh, it's, you know, the weather's nice in Florida. You know, COVID's going to take a vacation down to Florida. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> the people that are vulnerable are hurt. And that science is actually, if you look around like the Sweden model, they're doing better than anyone and they had the least lockdowns. So the argument, I mean, people need to stop listening to this argument. It's false. Freedom is about making sure that you care about the people you're around that they oh this is my favorite part it's a patriotism to put this mask on let's talk about the economy yes freedom is about not being free basically like he's talking about lockdowns well you know what's funny is they they took shots at trump when trump was like it's patriotic to wear masks right yeah they were the oh yeah yeah it's so patriotic it's insane to me (sighs) freedom is being locked in your home nonstop. that's freedom to biden just so you, you know. Proposing several trillion dollars in new spending over the next decade for economic relief, education, health care. How are you going to pay for that? By writing the tax code. You got billionaires in this country making $700 billion during this crisis. $700 billion. He wants to terminate the tax cuts that we gave you. So that the former now. vice president has pledged to undo the Trump tax cuts for corporations and wealthy Americans. He'd raise the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28 percent. He'd also raise taxes on people making more than $400,000 a year. And the top rate would be 39.6 percent. Just to break down a little of these economics, right? 
heard a lot about this conversation. Biden's not going to tax anyone under $400,000 a year. So everyone in the middle class goes, oh, good. That's fine. I'm not making close to $400,000 a year, right? And only the billionaires are going to get the 39% blah, 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 right? But what people don't understand is these rich, rich people, right? They're the ones that are employing people. They're the ones that are providing products. So do you think these people are dumb and they're going to get any less rich and they're just going to take it on the chin and go, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to pay my taxes. No. No. It leads to inflation. It leads to inflation. It leads to job loss. Exactly. exactly. It leads to layoffs. So instead of, you know, them and they're going to they're going to charge more for everything. What they're just going to jack up prices. So you don't think it hurts you in the pocket when this stuff happens, but it hurts you big time. And we saw that with Obama. I mean, look at the the gas prices throughout Obama. Five bucks a Astronomical. I think we in, in Rhode Island we hit like three ninety six for a little it's, while there. Those it are was insane examples of inflation and what happens in that type of model for the economy. Any good economic professor will tell you that it's just, it's just not the way it goes. I mean, you've got the leftists that will tell you all day long that's that's how you do it, but. They never want to admit that trickle down in economics actually works. When Trump did all those tax cuts, right? It's not that it works. It's that the opposite doesn't work. When, when you tax the rich, yeah, it's, they it's, will yeah. cut out the bottom. And like you said, they, they're not going to... It's not like you're going to have the CEO of, of GlaxoSmithKline say, man, you know, we got this big new tax bill. I'm, I'm going to have to take a cut in my salary. Not no, going it, to that's happen. That's not what happens. What actually happens is it hurts us. And Trump proved that. He ran on this stuff and he did it and it worked, people. Before COVID, does anyone remember how well our economy was doing? 401ks were up. I mean, I hate to be like the guy that sounds just like Trump, but like stock markets up $6,000 a year in people's pockets. Um, actual ra- huge raises for the first time in a long time. Um, the numbers Home building is great. out of control too. Look at, the, look at the number of homes being built. Yep, black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, women unemployment, women salaries, everything was up. So just something to think about when you're going to the polls. Nobody making less than $400,000 will pay a penny more in tax under my proposal. That's a promise. That's a guarantee, a promise. I give you my word as a Biden. I just want to say, I bet for some reason Biden makes $399,000 that year somehow. (laughs) You know what's funny is he he gives us his word as a Biden. We'll we'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to comment. He's giving us his word as a Biden. I mean, come on. How could you not trust him? It's an absolute guarantee. And you think it's a good idea to raise taxes when the economy's in dire straits? Depending who you're raising them on. Look, if you're raising somebody who's making a billion dollars a year, it's not a problem if they pay 39.6%, which everybody should pay, raise another $90 billion. The president says that's going to end up sending jobs overseas. He's sending them overseas already. Take a look at what's happened. False. We have now a trade deficit that's larger with China than when we were there. Actually, that depends on how you calculate it. The overall trade deficit with China was slightly lower in 2019 than it was during the last three years of the Obama administration. Interesting. Wow, finally, odd, like a sigh relief, finally, because we all knew that. You know what? I, I think finally someone said it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The media's starting to call this guy out. I think we should just quit this podcast now. No. Right? No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. No. I mean, they, they <laughs> but 
that's another thing like 60 minutes knows this these are the big interviews 60 minutes is like the historic every president goes on 60 minutes so they know like they're going to be under scrutiny and people are going to check this stuff and if they're not dead straight on their interview there's going to be a problem with them and it, and you know it just digs the fake news hole deeper these people know their fake news and they don't want to dig that hole any deeper especially right now but um look at that the deficit is not as bad so they're once again straight lying to your face how does that feel we are making sure the biden and trump campaigns have been engaged in a running battle over who will be tougher on china let's turn to foreign policy what do you think is the biggest foreign threat that america faces our lack of standing in the world look what he does he embraces every dictator in sight and he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends. And so what's happening now is you have, you have the situation in Korea where they have more lethal missiles and they have more capacity than they had before. North Korea. North Korea. You have <laughs> Coaching a him. situation in the North Gulf Korea, where Joe. you have Iran closer to a nu- having enough fissile material to get a nuclear weapon than they had before. You have our NATO allies backing away from us because they say we can't count on us. So he's moving away from what has allowed us to bring the world together. Which country? Uh, didn't he just like land? Uh, let's talk about this Middle East peace deal. Yeah, if we moved, we, uh, uh, poking, poking Biden, the finger in the in the eyes of our friends. Biden is literally telling you to your face that the world is coming apart when Trump is brokering Middle East peace deals extremely successfully. He has backed out of the Iran deal, where no, we don't give you a hundred eighty billion dollars in cash on a plane, and all this crazy, crazy stuff that they did in their administration. I mean, how can you ignore the fact that really Trump's taken them on and we're respected again? We're not going to play this um, never-ending war game. He He's talking from an administration that was in plenty of wars and they couldn't even win a war against ISIS. I think Trump, what did he demolish them in the first uh, three months or three, something? Three, four months, yeah. I mean, come <laughs> on. Your record's horrible, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. country is the biggest threat to America. Well, I think the biggest threat to America right now in terms of breaking up our, our security and our alliances is Russia. Secondly, I think that the biggest competitor is China. And depending on how we handle that will determine whether we're competitors or we end up being in a more serious competition relating to force. So, I mean, Biden literally just mentioned that we would go at China with force. Yeah, I mean, what he's saying is is that they want to try to avoid that. And I, I agree with that to a no, certain but, extent. But the, the thing is, you will never, you know, maybe I'm wrong here. I very seriously doubt we will ever see boots on American soil. Well, Bad the, move, the, right? the wars aren't really boots on the ground anymore. But, right, it's going to be for technology. I understand. But, but no, but what I'm saying here is he just literally said that China's our biggest competitor. What what did he mean by that? He didn't explain, was it militarily? Was it um economically because they're they're tr- they're trying to surpass us on every front right and when he even says that word go force with china when you hear that you got to think so joe's already really thought about this where you know it's one of those it's just that warmonger attitude it's like right trump's trying to war drums Oops, trump's trying to come. make deals and and be very stern with the chinese right and he's 100%. holding them. He's holding them to account, and he's basically saying, "You mess with us, there's going to be a problem." And they're backing down because of it. Under a Biden administration, I mean, it, you're going to see them just emboldened. I mean, it's why they want him. They want him in office. They want him in office. They, they, it's it's fact. 
100% fact. Domestically, Democrats have lost the competition to control the U.S. Supreme Court. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Mr. Biden is under pressure from his own party to consider increasing the number of justices if elected. It's called court packing. And while he's said he's no fan of the idea, he's never completely ruled it out. Judge Amy Coney Barrett is on track to become the ninth U.S. Supreme Court justice. That would give the conservatives a 6-3 majority. If elected, would you move to add more justices to the Supreme Court? If elected, what I will do is I'll put together a national commission of bipartisan commission of scholars, constitutional scholars, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, conservative. And I will uh, ask them to, over uh, 180 days, come back to me with recommendations as to how to uh, reform the court system. So he wants to take 180 days to destroy a 150-year-old establishment. And can I just make a quick point on, I mean, let's be real here. Do you think he would put a commission together that's bipartisan? No chance. I don't think anybody would really take part in it. And you know what would happen is it would become a bunch of fighting across the table. And that's that's what it would boil down to. And he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, the other, the other thing that you really need to think about here is the fact that the Obama administration, the Obama administration, the Obama-Biden administration, left over 100 vacancies for federal courts, for, for judges. Trump went in and filled those. Yeah. Right. And now, now there's now there's oh man we need we need court reform. You had the chance to reform it. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. No way you're having some bipartisan group come in and make a decision. Come on, we haven't seen any bipartisan act from you in a long time, Joe. Because it's getting out of whack. Um, the way in which it's ha- being handled. And it's not about court packing. There's a number of other things that our constitutional scholars have debated, and I'd look to see what recommendations that commission might make. This is a live ball. Oh, it is a live ball. No, it is a live ball. We're going to have to do that. And you're going to find there's a lot of conservative constitutional scholars who are saying it as well. The last thing we need to do is turn the Supreme Court into just a political football. Whoever has the most votes gets whatever they want. Presidents come and go. Supreme Court justices stay for generations. So it was okay when it was liberal, I guess you would say Democrat or liberal run, they were fine with it. But now that it's changed a little bit, they're not okay yeah, with they, it. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a 5-4 majority when on the on the liberal side when, when Trump yeah, took office? Yeah, they didn't have a word to say about that. Um, and the fact that they're bringing it up now is like, it's just an obvious tell. It's like, you guys are just cheaters. You can't play fair. I mean, I said it last night. They're trying to change the rules of the basketball game in the fourth quarter. The court, the court does have issues. Like there's been issues before, like when it was somewhat Democrat run. There's obviously issues, but the issues don't come from the actual court. The issues come from the people around it. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. In the closing days of the campaign, Joe Biden has been forced to address new and unverified claims that he was involved in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. The president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says he came into possession of emails allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden and turned them over to the tabloid New York Post. Smoking gun emails. Mr. Trump and his allies have called for an investigation, but the FBI would neither confirm nor deny to 60 Minutes that one was taking place. Do you believe the recent leak of material allegedly from Hunter's computer is part of a Russian disinformation campaign? 
Listen to that question. Do you believe it is part of a Russian disinformation campaign? It's been debunked and that, debunked. The director no, of national but, intelligence but said it's question. not right. We have senators and congressmen coming out saying just the question 100%, alone right, right. is is ridiculous. So you're basically telling him to go with the Russia line. The Russia line, obviously, like Matt said, it's been debunked. It's not even remotely Russia involved. It actually happened. The FBI was investigating. Um, some sort of money laundering or some type of scheme and it happened to involve Hunter. Well, it's a big surprise, right? And they grabbed his <laughs> laptop in like 2019, like a long time ago. And now they're investigating something and they found other things, right? His his laptop was dropped off at a repair shop. Um, he signed for it. Everyone knows it's his. The Biden campaign isn't even denying it. But look at that question, how she doesn't say like, you know, were you involved with Hunter? Were you the big no, guy yeah, getting ten percent? Yeah, she could have. She could have. Uh, she could have phrased this question a million different ways. She could have said, "Yeah, it, you know, is there any validity to this?" But no, no, no. Immediately to the, do you believe that this yeah. is Russian disinformation? Can you explain to the voters why there's no credibility to the story or any or anything? But Insane. no, it, right with the Russia stuff. Come let's on. let's run it. We got eight minutes or seven minutes left. Let's do it. Come on, man. From what I've read and know, the intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. And so when you put the combination of Russia, Giuliani, the president together, um, it's just what it is. It's a smear campaign because he has nothing he wants to talk about. What is he running on? What is he running on? We'll ask Joe Biden about his age and mental sharpness and ask Senator Harris what her role would be in a Biden White House when we come back. Biden just asked, what is he running on? What is he running on? I mean, come on. What are you running, running he's on? Running Trump on is clear. A record, right. Yeah, Trump is clear Insane. on what he's running on. On the campaign trail, President Donald Trump paints former Vice President Joe Biden as an aging career politician and questions his mental acuity. This past Monday in our conversation, Mr. Biden frankly discussed his age, his health, and why he believes Kamala Harris stands ready to become president if necessary. The story will continue in a moment. The next big thing isn't easy to find. That's where we come in. Introducing Fidelity Disruption and Megatrend Funds. Big opportunities for a changing world. At fidelity.com slash next big thing. If elected, you would be the oldest president in American history. But I'm in good shape. 78 years old. He loves 82 that. after four years. Donald Trump says you have dementia and it's getting worse. <laughs> hey, the same guy who thought that the... 9-11 attack was a 7-11 attack. He's talking about dementia. All I can say to the American people is watch me. You see what I've done. You see what I'm going to do. Look at me. Compare our physical and mental acuity. I'm happy to have that comparison. Your age makes the choice of your vice president all the more important. Why do you think Senator Harris would be ready to step in and become commander-in-chief if something were to happen to you? Number one, her values. Number two, she is smart as a devil. Number three, she has a backbone like a ramrod. Number four, she is really principled. Smart as a five. devil. She Devil's is, right. She uh, has had significant experience in the 
largest state in the union, running the Justice Department. It's only second in size to the United States Justice Department. And, uh, you know, obviously, I, I hope that never becomes a question. Kamala Harris was the first woman and first black person to be district attorney of San Francisco and attorney general of California. And she's only the second black woman to serve in the United States Senate. Do you think having the first woman of color, the first woman as vice president, may change things? I do. It helps change the perception of who can do what. Because that is still part of the battle after all. And you imagine some young person then saying, oh, things can be different. I don't have to conform. Not at all. I think that Sarah Palin, when she was VP, um, Michelle Obama as first lady, I mean, I think that... I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. Not in my lifetime. You know? What kind of role do you think you would play in a Biden administration? Joe Biden's partner. One of the first things he said was, um, I want you to be the, the first person in the room and the last person in the room. How often do you and Joe Biden speak? Almost every day. Your next vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. From the moment Joe Biden selected her as his running mate, Senator Harris has become one of President Trump's favorite targets. And she's not competent. She's not competent. On the campaign trail, President Trump has attacked you frequently. He's called you a monster. He said you're nasty and it would be an insult to our country if you became the first female president. Do you see this as just the rough and tumble of politics or do you view those attacks against you as racist? Well, oh my God. this is not the first time in my life I've been called names. And it, you know, it was predictable, sadly. Do you think the president is racist? Yes, I do. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I do. stop. You can look at a pattern that goes back to him questioning the identity of oh, the first black president of the United it. States. You can look at Charlottesville when there were peaceful protesters and on the other side, neo-Nazis. And he talks about Not fine true. people on either side. Calling Mexicans rapists and criminals. His first order of business was to institute a Muslim ban. It all speaks for itself. It wasn't a Muslim ban. President Trump has said he denounces racism and white supremacy after the Black Lives Matter protests that began this summer. Joe Biden has surrendered his party to the flag burners, rioters. The president tried to frame the election as a choice between law and order and Biden and Harris. There's a sense that there's a divide out there that in order to address systemic racism, that it's anti-police, that you would not be a law and order president. Well, let me put it this way. Number one, I've never, ever supported defunding police. Matter of fact, I think if we give more funding for police for different reasons. Uh, I don't know about Number that, Joe. two, any use of violence, burning down stores, smashing windows, that is a crime. People should be arrested. That's no justification for it. That's like, not what you've said. Eight months later, finally says it, last week in the election. And order and dignity. They're one and the same. What does that mean, Joe? The president said on the stump, I've saved no the suburbs. You should, you should oh, thank me. He wouldn't know a suburb unless he took a wrong turn. <laughs> on the suburbs now. It's what? not 1950. There are black and white families living next door to one another, driving each other's kids to soccer practice. Wow, thanks for the this revelation, a Joe. world than he lives in. Different world than you grew up in, that's for sure. Upset. A lot of good reasons. All he wants to do is take that sort of subliminal fear out there and say it's because because of that guy or because of that woman. That's not who we are as a country. 
I, we, I mean, this is not who we are. It's not our value system. Except you Orange know, Man Bad. these truths to be self-evident. We've never met it. We've never met oh, the standard. Oh, does everyone remember when he couldn't finish that? And further and further we hold these truths to be self-evident. It's the first you, you know the thing, man. He still can't say the whole, the whole quote. We it's hilarious. We cannot sustain this democracy that way. We're so much better than this. Horrible closing plea by Biden. So that's that's it, huh? All right, I'm gonna. All I'm right, gonna so we're gonna this. pause this. So hey, L- let's let's dude, recap, what, dude. Let's... Just real quick, it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't let you pause. I tried this earlier. It, I thought it was fucked up. Sixty minutes doesn't allow you to pause. We were pausing the whole time. I know that end section. Watch if you played it again. They don't allow you to pause, dude. It's messed up. Yeah, and the time stopped counting. Like, like dude, minutes. they don't allow you to pause because they they don't want people pulling like snippets out of it or something. It's crazy. Yeah, that is kind of weird. So so let's just recap what we just saw, okay? Um, you know, I'll hand it to Nora O'Donnell. She pushed a little bit. The fact checking was no man. Uh, no, I disagree. No, I don't no, think no, she no. pushed hard I, at I all. Would, no, I, don't think I would so. say I think she, she pushed harder than any other, any I, other reporter. I think in she the media. did. Like I said earlier, I think she did what she had to do exactly because the standard and the and how the interviews were so close that they literally couldn't. They couldn't ask him what flavor ice cream this time. Right. They really couldn't do that. If they right. did that, they would have been called out so hard, and it would have made Biden look bad. I mean, to me, it looked like Biden actually had the questions ahead of time. To be honest, <laughs> and I think he had his little cookie cutter responses and things like that ready to go yeah I, well not just that but i mean you'll notice that the questions are framed i mean they're they're framed differently but they're all the same that you've been hearing it, for the last four months. if you watch the do you un- think the president's racist what are your plans with health care yeah. do, do you plan to keep yep. obamacare if you watch the uncut trump version you can tell he doesn't have the questions ahead of time i mean just the back and forth banter before the interview you can tell he has not been told one question Biden, I kind of doubt he didn't have any of the questions. Right, the so Biden campaign kind of demands those types of things nowadays. They know he doesn't have the <laughs> mental acuity, as they said earlier. 100%. So uh, now we're, we're going to dive into the Trump interview with Leslie Stahl. Um, I'm pretty confident. I don't, I don't know about our listeners, but, you know, Colin and I both watched the uncut version. Uh, and it was nasty, right? It, it, Leslie Stahl sat down with the president. And the first thing out of her mouth is, I hope you're ready for some tough questions. Right, and his. Do you think that that came out of Nora O'Donnell's mouth sitting across from Joe Biden? Absolutely not. Uh, hey, you know, Joe. They hope you're ready for some tough questions, bitch. <laughs> Shit's about to get real for you, Joe. Yeah, Hunter and his laptop. Yeah, me and you are gonna have a talk. No, that wasn't happening. Yeah, no chance. All right, let's roll with this. We're gonna get into Leslie Stahl and President Donald Trump. Uh, you can tell the Moscow mules are kicking now. Here we go. Tonight, in what has become an election year tradition for 60 Minutes, conversations with the major party candidates for president and vice president of the United States. Later, Nora O'Donnell interviews former Vice President Joe Biden and his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris. But we begin with President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. We went backwards, obviously. I spoke with the president on Tuesday in the Roosevelt Room at the White House. The story will continue in a moment. We had prepared to talk about the many issues and questions facing the president. But in what has become an all-too-public dust-up, the conversation was cut short. It began politely, but ended, regrettably, contentiously. 
It's really good. It's been. Are you ready for some tough <clears throat> questions? You're going to be fair. Are you? Be, I'm going to be fair. Just be fair. But you're okay with some tough questions? No, I'm not. I mean, you're not I, okay with tough I questions? I want them to be fair. You, you don't ask Biden tough questions. So. Okay. You, you ready? ready? Everybody ready? So if you watched the uncut version, they go back and forth a little more than that a in the beginning. A little more, yeah. It's a kind of a little crazy because she's kind of being a nut. You'll see in this interview, she's kind of being a little nutty. So we have the pandemic. On your watch, we've had racial strife. We've had looting. Why do you want this job? Why? Do Just look at the contrast on the two opening questions. I mean, insane. So we've had this, that, the other. I mean, it's all your fault, basically. Why do you want the job? President again? Because we've done a great job, and it's not finished yet. And when I finish, this country will be in a position like it hasn't been maybe ever. Uh, the economy is already roaring back and uh, other people aren't going to bring it back. Certainly the person that we're dealing with is not going to bring it back. They're going to raise taxes. Let me ask you what you think your, uh, the biggest domestic priority is for you right now. Uh, well, or next ultimately, year. Let, let me, and I, I'll tell you, it was happening. We created the greatest economy in the history of our country. And the other side you was know that in. You know that's not true. It is totally true. No. It isn't. But President Trump did have an impressive string of economic accomplishments. Do you see how she just cut him off there and said, yeah, they, no, the economic, that was all, that was all like a magic show. That didn't actually and happen. They, and no. then they lower the volume when he's saying yes. all of the things, no, you, all of the accomplishments. Yeah, they lower the volume over him as he's talking about it. And it's so funny because she's literally completely denying and he's telling her, no, that is true. And it is true. These are actual facts, people. So to have someone that claims to be a journalist just ignore complete facts that our economy was ridiculous. We were setting num setting record numbers. Like those were they could not even debunk those numbers ever. And Trump always says that on the campaign trail. He says they can't even debunk my numbers because they know they're actually legit numbers. Because they know they're true. Yeah. It's public. Everybody knows it. Yeah, you can't hide it. We had the best stock market price ever, and we're getting close to that price again. The unemployment numbers for African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, for Hispanic-Americans, virtually every number was the best. And what was happening is things were coming well, together. Well, I asked you, what's the priority? I mean, those are all the you, good things. The what do you have to solve? The priority now is to get back to normal, get back to where we were, to have the economy rage and be great with jobs and everybody be happy. And that's where we're going, and that's where we're heading. And who rage, is man. our biggest foreign adversary? I would say China. They're an adversary. They're, they're the a competitor. They're a foe in many ways, but they're an adversary. Uh, I think what happened was disgraceful. It should never have happened. Should, they should never have allowed this plague to get out of China and go throughout the world. 188 countries. Should never have happened. Four years ago, you were behind in the polls, as you are now, and you pulled it out. But this time, you have kind of a double migraine. You have unemployment claims going up. You have COVID cases going up. I mean, it's like the gods have suddenly decided decided to conspire against you. I don't you. think so at all, no. I, think I mean, what a thing to say. Right. Uh, how Who says that? The unemployment numbers are connected to the COVID which did not originate. Donald Trump did not invent COVID-19. To say this is like the gods are against you, 
actually, yeah, this this virus kind of is what you would consider, an, like insurance company would consider an act of God. Right. Like, you know, when they don't cover your house when like a tornado <laughs> comes through, that's considered an act of God. Yeah, you like, can't blame no, this on this guy. It's literally maybe God. Like, you can't even like, you can't even argue with people like her. It's just like, come on, lady. Can you be real for a minute? Come on, man. Well, what about these? With COVID. Sir, excuse me. Cases are up in about 40 okay, states. You know why cases are up also? Because we do more testing. The fake news media loves to say cases are up. The fact is we've done a very, very good job. Cases are up. We have done. That's right. Because we're doing so much testing. The, the, the case is up, you know, that that's there definitely is like this unknown thing. Cases are up, a lot of testing. But that is true. Like at my work, they're like testing people that go out of state for a day and they're coming back. I mean, we're doing testing to the point where like we have like extra testing now. Like you can just go get a test now. It's ridiculous. And there aren't symptoms for younger people. So when he makes these cases, like when he talks about a son, Baron, that had little symptoms or whatever. Yeah, people can still spread it. But the fact of the matter is we know where the risk is. It's with the old, the elderly. It's with the people, people that are compromised. Have, and, and yep. I have a relative that went through COVID from March. I mean, he was in the hospital six, seven weeks. You know, it, I'm not denying that it's real, but it's nowhere near in October what it was in March. No. So case numbers definitely have to do with testing. I mean, they're not giving us the real data. Like if you test a thousand people, right, and 999 of them don't have any symptoms, but they tested positive, they're going to count that as cases going up when that's really not the, it's, it's not, it's not damaging to society. If anything, it's doing what the Swede model is. And it, it, it literally is building herd immunity. That is the real science. There is increased testing, but according to the COVID tracking project, that doesn't account for all of the rise in new cases sweeping the country or the 40% increase in hospitalizations in the past month. When you're out there saying we've turned the corner, this thing is disappearing, That's and right. people can see people can see cases going up all over the in the Midwest, in the Mountain West, record numbers of cases in some corner. states. We understand the disease. We understand the elderly, and we are taking care of them like nobody's ever taken care of them. So we are taking care of our people. Okay, let me let me ask you something about. Suburban women. Yeah. Suburban women, will you please like me? This is great. Please. Please. I saved you dead. Calls her out hard on this one. You said the other day to suburban women, will you please like me? Please, please. Oh, I didn't say that. You know, that's so misleading the way I say jokingly, (laughs) suburban women, you should love me. If you watch Trump's rally the other day that they're talking about, that little clip they played, um... It was a complete joke. He was like laughing the whole time he said it, you, you and he was say, like, "You should suburban women. Will you please yeah, like, he's me? like You should love me. I'm cleaning up your neighborhoods. You should love me." He's completely sarcastic, and she literally takes it completely out of context. Once again, as if no one's gonna check, and says he was begging. They showed women. the clip. They showed yeah. the clip right before the moment. He was That's begging like, women to vote for him. No, not really the case. Once again, just another another example of the ridiculous bias. It's like two reporters a half hour after each other, and that's how biased you can be. It's it's craziness. Because I'm giving you security, and I got rid of the worst regulation. See, the way you said that yeah. is why people think of you and everyone else as fake news. I said kiddingly, suburban women, you should love me. I got rid of a regulation that would bring low-income housing into suburbia 
that is destroying, that would destroy suburbia. And I said that in a joking way. The way you have it, it's like, oh, like I'm begging. I, I'm kidding. Play it, and I'm kidding. That is such a misleading question, Leslie. But you're behind with suburban women in the polls. I doubt it. You should see her I face. You guys all, uh, everyone out there has One to watch this. You have to watch this on But they don't feel you're being upfront about the pandemic. Are you we're deliberately downplaying we're doing it? Well. We're doing well. We understand the disease. We've done a good job. We've done maybe a great job. What we haven't done a good job on is convincing people like you, because you're really quite impossible to convince, but that's okay. And good the point. economy good point. now is coming back, and it's coming back very strongly. And people see that, Leslie. There are more unemployment claims. I mean, the economy has kind of Leslie, we just a picked bit. up 11.4 million jobs. It's the largest number in the history of our country. It is true that of the 22 million jobs lost since February, 11.4 million have been restored. Yet, unemployment claims are running at historically high levels. But the president sees... Well, I'm curious yeah. to see what fraud looks like in the next couple of years. Here's the thing. We know that unemployment fraud runs rampant. Everywhere, Matt, right? Matt, think Always. of these numbers. You get 22 million unemployed. You get 11 point something million jobs back. Yeah, you're still going to have unemployment numbers 100%. at records. 100%. Of course. 100%. This is a my, my pandemic. Point is this, my point is this. I would be curious to see how many people were offered their jobs back, right? I, you know, you know, I haven't even talked about this. I've been in management. I've managed people for the last six years, right? COVID, I was a manager of a retail store and the, the the excuses people came up with to stay home in the beginning I mean this was before oh, any of the any of the lockdowns and then come May trying to call people back to work forget it I would be very curious they were making it, more on the stimulus check more some people are still some people are still out some people are still getting I mean I personally know people side gigs yep I know people I was just gonna say working <laughs> under the table I mean come and on. they know they know that there are 10.6 million unemployment claims right now who's gonna audit this stuff Who's going to catch them? Yeah, once again. I'm very, very curious to see what comes out of this in the next couple of years. How many people are charged with unemployment crimes? The American people aren't stupid. We don't buy that this is Trump's fault. We know what happened. Come on, man. Is the economy as his strongest suit. Gallup did a poll. 56% of the people said that they're better off now during a pandemic than they were during Obama and Biden. 56%. It was a record number. That hurts. Can we go back for one second to the pandemic? Because um, you called Dr. Fauci and other health officials idiots. Where did I call them an idiot? You called them idiots. I wonder if well, you he's think... he's been wrong a lot. I like <laughs> I, him, but he's I, been wrong. I, he's like, yeah, maybe I did. You think that masks <laughs> don't work. I feel masks possibly work. But certainly you want to stay away a certain distance, socially distance, etc. But I would say a mask works and I have nothing against masks and I tell people to wear masks. I have well, no problem. Well, tell me then about these rallies you've been having. A lot of people are wearing people, masks. A lot of outside. people aren't. I'm, I'm watching all these people jammed in together and I'm seeing most of them without yeah. masks. And I'm wondering the message that you're sending with these pictures coming across television. Take a television. look. Yesterday, we were in Arizona, record-setting rallies, numbers of people like nobody's seen before. 
You used to have bigger rallies. No, these are much bigger than I ever okay, had. I don't want to bicker over that. You know, Tell me how so She's angry. trying to, like... These are the biggest rallies we've ever had. chance she gets, she's you trying just to just jab. with that negative jab. attitude. These are the biggest rallies we've ever had. But I can't believe... A little bit bigger than Joe's rallies, right? ...in the Rose Garden here after the announcement. With all the people getting sick. Yeah. That you are not being more strongly encouraged... So wait, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna pause it myself there for one second. How many of those people died? At the Trump rally? How many people died from the Rose Garden event where he announced Amy Coney Barrett no, as no his... One. Zero. Not even Chris Christie. Not even Chris Christie. Enough said. ...about wearing masks <laughs> at your rallies. I tell people to... Uh, but you masks. don't. Leslie, we hand out thousands of masks But you look out rally. and they're not wearing them. You don't get up there and say, look, you know, okay. come on. Go I don't ahead. want what's you to What's your next sick? question, Leslie? We're outside. <laughs> the rallies are bigger than they've ever been. There's more enthusiasm than we've ever had. There has never been anything like what you're witnessing now, and you'll see that soon. Um, okay, I'll ask you another health question, okay? Go told ahead. you, okay. Um, you promised that there was going to be a new health package, a health care plan. Yeah. Um, you said that it was going to be great. You said it's ready. It's going to it be ready. Be. It'll be here in two weeks. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. And, of course, we haven't seen it. So why didn't you develop a health plan? It is developed. It is fully developed. It's going to be announced very when? soon. When we see what happens with Obamacare. If the Supreme Court ends this, Obamacare. Um, well, we're going to have to see what happens. I think, I, I hope that they end it. It'll be so good if they end it. And if they end it, people with pre-existing conditions will be stranded. No, no. And that's just a fact. It's no, wrong. no. It's no. wrong. A new plan will happen. But will. And we won't do anything, will and is. We won't do anything and no plan unless we have pre-existing conditions covered. So and we, we've heard him, we've heard him say this time and time and time again, right? We've heard, we've heard him say this time and time and time again. He will not leave people behind with pre-existing conditions. He's been very clear on that. And not just that, but even if, even if Obamacare is ruled to be unconstitutional, right? They're gonna, they're not gonna just completely throw the thing in the trash, right? They're gonna, they're gonna get rid of the pieces like of the. I, w I would like to too, and 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 Trump, like Trump says it in this interview too, where he talks about they've I run it they better do. than Obama ran it, and and that is fact, right? How many times? I can't even tell you. I remember. I, I'm old enough to remember. I'm gonna steal a line from our boy <laughs> Ben Shapiro there, right? I'm old enough to remember when nobody could even get onto the healthcare exchanges. To get insurance and the and the number of people waiting on hold for health source RI and all these individual state markets. It was a total, total failure, utter disaster. The money that was given to the states by the federal government was misappropriated. There's evidence of that everywhere. It's absolutely sickening. Let me let me give you a little for let me give you one more example, okay? I was put on state health years ago, right? And I have called time and time again. I mean, this is right after I got out of college, right? Obama. This is after the Obamacare package passed. I was put on state health care. I've called four times to let them know, hey, I'm making a lot of money now. I don't need this health insurance. And I still get the letters in the mail every month saying that I have a negative balance due because they're paying my health insurance. Why? Because the state is getting money for the insurance that I'm not using. Wow, that's, uh, that's Crazy. messed up. Crazy. Barnstorming the swing states where the polls are tight, including Florida, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, 
and here in Michigan. Can you um, characterize uh, your supporters? Yeah, I think I can. People that love our country more than anything else, and they like to see our country thrive. But do you think that when you hold rallies and encourage people to say, lock her up, the way you... I don't encourage them. They say it. And you <laughs> enjoy it. What a great answer when she asked him, can you describe the, your supporters? People that and, love America. And he, he, when you look at him, it's just so honest. He's just like, people that love our country, like the other side right now, they don't love our country. They hate everything about our country. They want to change everything. I know. It's, there's, they can't name a thing they like. I mean, they won't even fly the flag like the flag is becoming offensive the flag of our country people that's, we, we that's had a, we had a little conversation about this the other day too you can tell who's voting for trump by who's flying an american flag in front of their home yeah if you're if literally if you now have an american flag you're a trump supporting racist the, the, <laughs> obviously it's it makes no sense but they're going with it for some reason and people are buying it they're buying it in bulk people you don't let, let say don't say, do Hillary that Clinton deleted she deleted 33,000 emails after she got a subpoena from the United States Congress. But why is this still an issue? Why do people, they're issue. not going to vote to on me, that. it's an issue. She ran last time. Excuse me. When they say lock up, it's not me. They say it. It starts, it, you it ends up being it. a, I don't encourage it. Yes, you no, do. No, if I mention her name about something, they go crazy. Well, what about the governor of Michigan? Governor Gretchen Whitmer was the target of a kidnapping plot by an armed militia group. It was our Justice Department that is the one that's helping her. Yes. My Justice Department, if you call it that. The FBI. It was our Justice Department that's helping her. And, you know, people aren't so, they're not liking her so much because she's got everybody locked down. You got to get your governor to open up your state, okay? Those who don't know what she's done, She's been absolutely outrageous with her lockdowns. It's insane. And then her, and then they, there's all this evidence. Her husband's out on boat. You know, she, she literally rules yeah, the only go one. Out on the lakes <laughs> he always jokes that is, yeah, the only one out there. Had the Great Lakes to himself is her husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's out there, the Great Lakes to himself. He's boating <laughs> around. You know, he's got his yacht shorts on and he's sailing <laughs> around. Can you just picture it? And she's doing whatever she wants to do. And the whole state is just depressed and locked down. And they fought her like constitutionally. They they went like they. I think they won it in like some sort of some sort of court they said listen these lockdowns are completely unconstitutional she she's she's not i mean she she lost her shit to be honest lock them all up lock them all up you are very powerful and the people who love you love you with passion and if you go after somebody the way you've been going after her, they take it to heart, her. and they then there no, are no. plots and threats, and the I same with Dr. Her. You did. I've helped her. It was you our Justice Department you, you that's helping her. her. Oh, I do criticize her. Yeah. Well, that's going after her. I think the way she her. locked down Michigan is a disgrace. But the way you, she closed churches. Yes, you can in be criticized. That can I, happen. Yeah, I think it's disgraceful what she's done. I do. You want to lock and her up? And by the way, that's other. Of course, I don't want to lock her up. Why would I lock her up? Because you were in front of a rally of people saying it, encouraging it. Leslie, it's such a vicious thing you just said. I never said lock up the governor of Michigan. I would never say that. Do you take any responsibility for the country being divided against itself? Do you feel that? 
I'd like not to, but, you know, perhaps everybody has to take a little responsibility for it. But when people put out phony witch hunts, you know, when they spy on your campaign, you have to fight back. And if you don't fight back, you're not sitting here very long. You go back home. You go back home to mommy. Back home to mommy. <laughs> the president's <laughs> accusations against the yeah, Biden family. Yeah, of course you gotta fight back. The abrupt end of our conversation and Vice President Mike Pence's assessment of what happened when we return. As we moved from subject to subject, our conversation grew more tense. President Trump brought up what he calls the unfairness of the fake media, most prominently a lack of coverage of his unproven and unverified charges that former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter have received millions of dollars in corrupt payments from a Russian oligarch and a Chinese billionaire. The story will continue in a moment. I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the, I thought. I thought you I don't liked mind it. I don't mind it. But when I watch him walk out of a store, and he's walking this with is awesome. ice cream, and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor ice cream do you have? <laughs> Even she has to laugh. Did anyone see that? If you haven't seen it, look up the clip. Biden's at an ice cream store, and they're asking him what flavor ice cream he's got in the middle of a scandal. Go watch it. The Hunter Biden laptop scandal. 10% for the big guy. And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. So she's like in denial here. It's such an odd thing to watch. She's really in denial that it is verified. Like this stuff happened. All the evidence is coming out. And... I don't think there's any denying it at this point. Zero, zero. The Steele dossier, they, they, that was created by, that, that was, that was ordered by Hillary Clinton. Yeah, special it's order. Absolutely insane to me that they're sitting here and trying to deny this. Do the research. Do it yourself. I'm, I don't even want to talk anymore. Go do your own research. Go take a look and, and see for yourself. These are your journalists, and these, this is what we're trying to point out here, and we're going to highlight this just constantly. And I, I just, I just don't understand. How she can deny it? It's actually funny if you watch the video. You know she, why? You because because they're there because they know that their audience trusts her more than they trust Trump. So that she can just sit there and repeat, no, 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 no. Exactly. And people and exactly. it's, it's Stockholm but, syndrome. But it's just, the actual funny thing is when Trump posted this video early, that's why they had to play that part. They never would have played that absolutely part. Absolutely, they wouldn't have played that. What they wouldn't a, have played the ice cream part. That never would have made it oh, had it was, Trump not released. When Trump did, did that, that was like a checkmate on 60 Minutes. It was I could not I can't believe he did that. Kind of a boneheaded move. You know what? I'm going to call oh, him out there. It. I'm going to call him out there. A little bit of a boneheaded move. Just no uh, kind of open up legally. I mean, I don't know what kind of agreements he signed on this, on this thing. Okay, we can, we can agree to disagree. Great move. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say I didn't like it. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. 
And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no, put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. And you're out so there. So why don't you get back to your interview and let's go. Do you think that your tweets and your name calling are turning people off? Just no, another I think attack I be question. Here if I didn't have social media, well, but you the media is fake. And frankly, if I didn't have social media, I'd have no way of getting out in my voice. Do you know what you told me a long time ago when I asked why you keep saying fake yeah. media? Yeah. You said to me, I say that because I need to dis uh, discredit you so that when you say negative things about me, no one will believe you. I don't you. have to discredit you. But that's what you You've told me. You've discredited yourself. You know, I <laughs> totally. didn't want to have this kind of angry. Of course you did. No, I didn't. Of course you did. No, I didn't. Well, then you brought up <laughs> you a lot of You should see her face. She well, totally I said did. I'm she regrets it, though. They were inappropriate. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Trump, is, Trump is hard for even me to pause on a podcast. Like, I can't even I, I can't even get to the point where I want to pause it because he's so, he owns the room. He's, like, owning my room. I'm in my house, like, above my garage running a podcast, and I feel like I'm being completely dominated by Trump. Like, she regrets doing this interview, honestly, because he is owning her. I'm sorry, but he is completely owning her. And, and it's not a debate, remind you. You know, this, this is supposed to be the media, and it's turned into a complete debate. I mean, it's almost as bad. Yeah, she's, it's insanity. She, yeah, she's not asking questions like the other, uh, what was her name? Um, Nora. Nora O'Donnell. Yeah. Nora O'Donnell. She's not asking the questions and letting him talk. Like Biden, she'd ask the question and open-end it and just let him talk and then not even bring it up again. This reporter, Leslie Stahl, is going after him every single question following up and pushing him. Oh, no, 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 Which no, is no. fine. You're lying. But, no, 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 no. And no. it's fine. And he mentions this in the beginning of the interview. Sorry. Um, but he says, like, as long as you're doing this to Biden, you're not doing this to Biden. So don't do it to me. And he says, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. He's used to it. He doesn't you know care. You bring up a good point. I'm really curious. What do you think Donald Trump's favorite ice cream is? Uh, you know, doesn't matter what flavor he says, because either way, it's going to turn into some racial thing. So <laughs> he better not say vanilla. I'll tell you right now. Trump better say I like chocolate ice cream if he wants to survive it. Right from the beginning. No, your first question was, this is going to be tough questions. Why? You don't ask Joe Biden. I saw your interview with Joe, the interview with I Joe Biden. I never did a Joe it Biden interview. It was a joke. The interview, 60 Minutes. I see Joe Biden giving softball after softball. I've seen all of his interviews. He's never been asked a question that's hard. Okay, but forget him for a minute. No, but you your start with me. Your president. And Excuse me, Leslie, you started with me. Your first statement was, are you ready for tough questions? Are you? That's no way to talk. It's no way to talk. Leslie, one, one second. At this point, one of our producers interrupted shell to advise about the time shell remaining shot. in the interview. I think we have enough of an interview here, Hope. Okay, that's enough. Let's go. Trump has done this before where he's cut off interviews. If he doesn't like the way you're talking to him and you're not respecting the presidency, he's all about respect for the presidency. He wants to bring that respect back to the presidency, to the office. And if you're going to disrespect him and act like what you're saying is not disrespectful, I mean, he's going to cut you off. He has That's the it. power to do so. That's he's it. doing this as he's voluntarily doing this. He, he never, he never storms off. He never no. walks out of the room. He simply says to the producer, you know what? I think we have enough of an interview I'm all done here. And, and, and can you blame the guy? 
I, I and the can't time they the were literally just saying the time was almost up anyway. They're basically saying your time here is almost up with him. So I mean, they could have edited it. Oh, it was cut like so did. short. It was cut so. Imagine short. if they edited it the way they did with Biden, where right. everything was just clean cut, no, you know, and they just left all the all the regular stuff in there. That no, they they edited it so. Trump looks uh, very angry, destructive, but it's fine. I mean, he he is combative, and he should be. He's fighting for us. It's fine. The interview like was it. like thirty something minutes anyway. The original one, like the one that he released, I think it was like thirty seven minutes yeah, or something. It was long. I mean, they trim it all down. Thirty six seven minutes. Yeah, up. I'm curious to see what the uncut version of Biden's would look like. But let's roll. Let's go. In fact, uh, let's go meet for two seconds, okay? Thanks. I'll see you in a little while. Thanks. Be careful. We were scheduled to take a walk with the president around the White House grounds. I've got a lot of questions I didn't ask. While we waited to see if the president was coming back. I had a lot of gotcha questions left. Right, and Nora O'Donnell had a lot of questions she didn't ask, too. Presley, the president wanted me to deliver his health care plan. It's a little heavy. Oh, Kaylee McEnany, he walks in. Hilarious. Kaylee McEnany walks in and drops the health care plan that she said he didn't have. Literally in her lap. She's standing and she can't even carry it. She has to put it on. It's a little heavy. She has to put it on the back of a chair. Oh, it's hilarious. And then watch right here. She goes on to say it wasn't actually a health care plan. Yeah, no. It, that is a plan, that type of book that they just said that it's it's more a proposal type of stuff, but that's a plan. Like you obviously it's not finalized, but that's called a plan. Plans aren't final. Does anyone know the definition of plan? Like it's your plan to do this. Right. It's not your, you know, final what, draft. Muhammad Ali says everybody has a plan yeah. until they get punched in the face. Exactly. And and you know what? You get punched in the face yeah. in politics repeatedly. We've seen that. We've seen it on both sides. It's it's the name of the game. So let's finish this. She, right now she has the book, the huge this has gotta be It's gotta be a thousand, thousand pages. Page. No, it's this is that yeah, that's is a pretty solid serious. Book. It's this like thing five is, inches. This, yeah, five this inches thing is a solid book. It's hilarious. Okay, Kaylee, thank you. You're welcome, and uh, the vice president will be with you. She can't even carry it. And the president's not coming back? Uh, The president's giving you a a lot of time. It was heavy, filled with executive orders, congressional initiatives, but no comprehensive health plan. Initiatives, that's a plan. Hello, Leslie. That that is a plan. Mr. Vice President. While our interview with the president did not go forward, the one scheduled with the vice president did. So what just happened? With the president. Uh, Leslie, uh, President Trump is a man who speaks his mind. I think it's one of the great strengths that he's had. But he As president out. of the United States, is that the American people always know where they stand. I'll buy and that. And he's always ready. And the American people know that in this time, it's, it's, it's less about the back and forth with the media. And it's, it's really more about how we bring this country all the way back. We then asked the vice president to put on his hat as the head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Dr. Fauci, uh, you know the president said that he's a disaster and he and the other public health officials around him are idiots. Do you uh, care to comment on that? The scientists who've worked around the White House Coronavirus Task Force, who will meet again today here at the White House, uh, have provided a great public service. They so brought the idiots. perspective of scientists all along the way. And I have, a, I have a strong relationship with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. But remember, the President of the United States has to consider the whole of America. The President's been balancing the broad interests of the country 
uh, and the health of the American people, and we'll continue to do that every day. So let's say there's a mother out there. He really is more eloquent than in Trump, a hot though, spot huh? In Wisconsin. Yeah, I, and she's, she's wondering whether she should send her children great. to school. I wish we could put a now, mic on. What's your advice, Pence? Leslie, we got to get our kids back in school, and I would say to that mother or any mother that we're going to continue to work our hearts out to make sure that those schools have the testing, have the PPE, have the supplies they need to get our kids back where they belong, safe and sound in the classroom. So he's also a bit of a politician, though. The one he, thing, 100%, the one thing I don't like about Pence, I think he's, I think he's genuine in what he's saying, but I think he's been in politics so long that he knows how to bring it across in this perfect little toned answer. And people like it's like that. Like I said the other day on the podcast, he's like that tight ass conservative that right. you just like it kind of irks you. Like this guy's a little too straight edge yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, just like, almost a little fake. Now, I mean, not as fake fake as Kamala. But, you know, he's fake. If anyone watched the Kamala-Pence debate, which was excellent. I mean, Pence, I saw Pence in a whole new light. I mean, he is like... I, I, I looked at him as boring. Very boring in uh, that prior debate? to that. No, no prior, exactly, prior. exactly. And, but during that, that debate, performance, incredible. Wow. He, he Seriously. blew her out of the water. Anyone that hasn't seen that should go back and watch it. I mean, Pence looks like he went to school for debate. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, are you saying she should send the kids back? Should the kids wear masks? I think they should adhere to whatever criteria the school administrators and local health officials determine to be appropriate. But really, again, I want to say the American Academy of Pediatricians made it clear early on that distance learning, this online learning, is no substitute for being in the classroom. What about Thanksgiving? Should people feel safe to get together with their family? with their grandparents, with their aunts and uncles. Just for the record, Democrats don't want you to have Thanksgiving this year. They think it's too dangerous. They don't trust you enough. They don't think you can make decisions on your own about if you're you know, elderly grandmother who has a pre-existing condition should be there if you're not, you know, social distancing. I mean, they're, they're ridiculous. They do not want Thanksgiving anymore. They don't want... I mean, the, isn't that what freedom's all about? They don't want the structure of family. They don't want any of the holidays. They don't want anything to do with this country. And it, COVID has worked out. I think actually... Hillary Clinton was it that said this? It was like COVID was the miracle for the Democratic Party or something. Well, one of these politicians, I, didn't I forget catch who that. said yeah, it. We'll, we'll Someone said that. like COVID was the uh, just the miracle for the Democratic Party, and it really has been a blessing to them because it's what they, all it's their, exactly what they needed. They had zero chance without this. All their zero. All their extreme ideas have been given an avenue through COVID. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and exactly. It's almost like the perfect storm for their crazy radical agenda. Yeah, because in the end, it would end up with you being locked down. But they got to start off with that, right? <laughs> so it's like they had, you know, they had all the ammo in the world. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Me too, and and I'm looking forward to it with our family. With a big with. Extended? I think that's a decision every American family can make based on the circumstances in their community, the, the vulnerability of particular family members. You know, one of the things we apprehended early on is that seniors, particularly those with serious underlying health conditions, are the most at risk uh, for a serious outcome if they contract the coronavirus. And so well, families may make a decision that, that certain elderly family members might take a pass, 
But, but uh, I think the difference between President Trump and me Sounds and, reasonable. and some of the public voices in this debate over the last year has been we trust the American people. Nora O'Donnell to former Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> Don't you and his dare. I'm going to go ahead and stop Senator. this now because, you know, this is that's Leslie Stahl basically leading back into the Nora O'Donnell piece. You know, we started out, you know, this episode by saying we were going to do this backwards. Let's, let's show you the softballs lobbed at Biden and then we'll show you how terribly they treated Donald Trump. I mean, it, it's right there. It, it, it really can't be any more clear. And, and, you know, if at this point you honestly believe that the media treats this man fairly. The thing is, you're everyone out there, we know everyone out there has ears because you're listening. We know everyone out there has eyes. Most we know, people. well, you know, there's people with disabilities. You know, we're not going to knock them. But, you know, we know everyone out there has a brain. Everyone else, we can agree to that, right? Everyone yeah, out yeah, there has a brain. Right. So if you have all these things, uh, you must be able to make these decisions for your li- for yourself and say, hey, what's going on here? I mean, I'm hearing some nonsense on one side and some complete, uh, you know, attacks on the other side. I mean, it, it's from all angles that the Republicans and conservatives are being attacked. And we're trying to bring some light to that and i hope you guys are are hearing it i hope you guys are feeling it i hope you guys are gonna tune in for more episodes because it's only gonna get better we're, we're, not we're newbies but, we are not but we, we aren't stopping i don't care if there's just one listener i don't care if there's no listeners i'm not gonna stop talking until someone listens because <laughs> it's gotta happen what, that's it that's it what do we have over a hundred views oh uh, yeah over a hundred yeah over a hundred listens on our first podcast i mean you know not crazy numbers but definitely something impressive um yeah. and we're, we're gonna keep doing this and, and we're gonna win. keep we're gonna keep putting these things out as as fast as we can we're gonna talk about the topics that matter most uh to us and hopefully to the american people you know we're we're, we're regularly you know colin and i spend our days looking for stuff doing to talk no, about. Doing nothing, clearly. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we started a podcast. We obviously don't do much of anything at all, but we're going to start doing stuff. We're going to start going to events. We're going to start bringing this thing on the road, doing whatever we got to do to just to just push, push, push until people get it, until Rhode Island's red, until Rhode Island's red, baby. <laughs> Love it. I think that uh, that just about wraps up today's episode. We, we want to thank you guys, you know, sincerely for taking the time and um, you know, taking us on your commute into work or, uh, you know, whatever, your shower, whatever. Um, you know, as Colin said, we're going to keep doing this moving forward. Uh, this has been episode two of the Rhode Island Reds podcast. Uh, keep an eye out, baby. All right. We're signing off here, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye.